listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 8th of June 2022. Later, bank shares continue to get slammed after that RBA decision on interest rates yesterday, and that's where we will start the podcast today, interest rates. And many economists are now predicting the RBA will front load rate hikes following yesterday's unexpected supercharged 50 basis point increase. So what that means are faster and larger than expected rate rises are now being forecast uh, over the next few months. So for more, I spoke earlier with Gareth Ed. He is the head of Australian economics at the Commonwealth Bank. So Gareth, you've had 24 hours to digest the RBA decision. To what extent do you think it has changed its tone and why? Look, it's changed its tone quite a bit. And I think the decision really reflects the change of tone. Um, It was a big deal to move the cash rate by 50 basis points, having increased the cash rate the month before by 25 basis points. And the governor made a point at the time by saying that was a business as usual rate hike. And yet a month later, they've delivered an increase in the cash rate twice the size 50 basis points, there's no real economic data that they could hang it off given the wages data that printed uh, between meetings came in on the soft side. The national accounts were broadly in line uh, with what they had anticipated. So there wasn't really much to actually hang it off, and yet they've delivered um, the biggest rate increase in in 20-odd years. So I think um, they've really shown their hand here now as being uh, firmly in the camp of fighting inflation. It's kind of funny to think it was only a few months ago they wanted inflation up. Now they want it down and they want it down quickly. So I think they're going to push through now with a pretty aggressive tightening cycle. And we've uh, changed out or revised our forecast at Commonwealth Bank where we now think the cash rate will end the year at around 2.1%. So you're thinking that the RBA will do what's called front load when it comes to interest rates, which means uh, throw in a few quick interest rate rises then plateau for a while, but then you're you're saying that as a result, the RBA could cut rates in the second half of 2023. Why? And what happens in in that period of time when rates are rising stable and falling to the economy? Yeah, look, it, it, it may seem a little bit unusual to already be talking about when the Reserve Bank might end up cutting interest rates, given they've only pushed through with two rate hikes, and they're going to be delivering quite a few more this year. But our expectation is that they're going to end up taking the cash rate to what we would call a contractionary setting. So if you think about the the cash rate, it can be at a stimulatory setting where it's providing support to the economy, a neutral setting where it's not really um, adding to uh, demand in the economy nor nor weighing on it. And then you've got a contractionary setting where where when policy is at that level, what it's actually doing is putting downward pressure on demand which in turn puts downward pressure on inflation and in time puts upward pressure on the unemployment rate. So what our expectation is that they'll basically rush the cash rate to a contractionary setting as we move through then 2023, lots of home borrowers rolling off very low fixed rates will be rolling onto much higher uh, floating or fixed rates. And we think as that process unfolds, what we'll see is demand slow quite materially in the economy and the Reserve Bank will end up needing to take the cash rate back down a little bit just to provide some support for the economy. 
Um, I'm, I'm well aware that we're talking about, you know, a, a story which is uh, second half of 2023, which is a fair way away. But I think the message there is really we think the RBA is going to end up going a little bit too hard um, in a bid to put downward pressure on inflation. And then at some point next year, probably the second half of next year, uh, they'll shift gear. So when you say contractionary, do you mean Australia enter a recession? No, we're not. We're not talking about a recession. Um, basically, we're talking about a level of of the cash rate that means you're not getting uh, enough demand in the economy to keep the unemployment rate down because the economy has got to be expanding at any point in time to keep the unemployment rate from rising. Given we've got positive population growth here in Australia and we're expecting the flow of people into the country to pick up again now that the international borders reopen. So you've got to constantly be growing to keep the unemployment rate from rising. And what we think happens over the second half of next year is that the economy is still growing, but the growth rate is below trend. It's it's not at the kind of rate that keeps your unemployment rate from drifting higher. And we think as that process starts to happen and the evidence is there, the economy is cooled a little bit too quickly, then the RBA ends up taking the cash rate down a little bit. Now, we've only got 50 basis points of cuts in there for next year. Now, with the, with the idea the RBA has already got the cash rate to a little bit over 2%, but we just sort of want our, our readers and people that follow our work to, to better understand our profile and how we're thinking about the way this all, all evolves. And basically, it looks like the RBA is going to run pretty hard against inflation. We think they'll probably end up overdoing it. And then as we go through next year, uh, I think the, the the odds are that they end up just taking a little bit of uh, that that those hikes out and um, end up easing policy a little bit. There's precedent for that uh, having happened around the world many many times. Uh, the U.S. Federal Reserve is a classic central bank for doing that. They end up taking up rates, and not long after getting to the peak, they end up dropping them a little bit. In hindsight, it's a wonderful thing, right? Was the Reserve Bank too slow to act, especially when other global central banks were hiking? Look, if you look at the inflation data, you could say, yes, they've been too to slow to act. But if you look at the wages data, it's still actually relatively soft. Um, so you can argue that one way or the other. I think it's not so much that they've been a little bit too slow to act. I think they're probably acting a little bit too aggressively now. Uh, at the at the Commonwealth Bank, we thought they'd deliver uh, 25s at each meeting uh, for a few meetings. There's already signs the housing market is cooling. Consumer confidence is below, well below average levels. Uh, you've got households getting stretched from higher energy prices, higher food prices from, from the floods. There's not really much that raising rates can do uh, to help that situation. And yet what raising rates will actually do is, is for those people that are carrying a mortgage, they'll see their mortgage repayments go up pretty quickly given how low rates are. So our view is not so much they've been too late to get going, but probably they're going to go a little bit too aggressive for what we think is appropriate given where the economy is. And that all sort of feeds into the idea now that 2023 is not going to be a, a strong year for the economy. And I think we will be talking about rate hikes by the time we get to about the middle of next year, or rate cuts rather, by the time we get to the middle of next year. Gareth Ed there from the Commonwealth Bank. Now to the Australian share market, which rose today. The S&P ASX 200 up 0.4%, 7,121. That's despite a very poor performance from the banks. Earlier, I spoke with James Garish from Shaw & Partners. James, how's the market now reacting 24 hours after the RBA surprise interest rate decision? And has it changed the way the market now thinks about how aggressive the RBA will be? Yeah, it was certainly a big move yesterday, Ricardo. Uh, the market was you know, sold off yesterday pretty 
um, dramatically. The market, equity market, was down 30, 40 points yesterday. We're bouncing back a little bit today. We would have been up further if the banks hadn't have been a, such a big drag on our market. They're taking 50 uh, points off the ASX 200 today. So the market's up 20, but it would have been up 80 if the banks were uh, not taking that you know, considerable amount off the market. So why are the banks being particularly hit hard by this interest rate decision and the prospect of rising rates? Because, you know, shouldn't that be good for them in theory? I guess the the, the, the theory goes that rising rates um, helps banks improve their margins. So um, the difference between what they borrow money at and what they lend money at, the offset of that, of course, is around um, the impost of um, you know sharply higher rates, whether that's going to have an impact on asset quality. So what you tend to see in a environment where interest rates are rising sharply in economic um, growth is pulling back. Banks typically underperform. And I think that we're getting a bit of that in the market today. You also got to think about the seasonality of banks. So, um, you know, the, the three of the big four, so all the banks other than CBA have gone ex-dividend. Um, there's not another uh, dividend due for another six months. CBA is obviously in August. So, you know, you sort of ask yourself, what's the, you know, do we need to be holding banks after a pretty, pretty good run in the sector over recent months? When you say a deterioration in asset quality, right, for the for the average person to understand, what does that mean exactly? Yeah, so worse, um, higher amounts of bad debt. So um, when the cost of servicing loans go up, um, you get greater levels of defaults. I know that interest rates are, are still you know, historically low and banks stress test for um, more you know, higher rates than what we're experiencing at the moment, but you still get some deterioration in asset quality. And I think banks are very well capitalised to handle that deterioration in asset quality if it if it does um, come to pass. You know, you've got to keep in mind that interest rates are, uh, sorry, that unemployment is at record low levels as well. So that's supportive of repayments on uh, loans, etc. So look, I'm not getting concerned about asset quality in the banks at this stage, but it is something that, you know, when you look at historical trends, sharply higher rates, and slowing growth is a impediment to bank uh, share prices. Okay, so um, if the banks are doing poorly in a rising interest rate environment, where are the opportunities? So I think that the, with with interest rates, so the cash rate is going up, but we all know that the market's pricing that already. So I guess one of the most interesting things in the last 24 hours has been what the Aussie dollars has done, which is essentially um, not much, uh, sitting around the 72 cent mark. Uh, Three-year government bonds um, are still around this 3%. They spiked to three point, nearly 3.2 on the announcement, but they've tracked back and they're only about three basis points above where they were prior to the announcement. The market's already pricing interest rates at 3.1% by the end of the year. So the market's already there. It's not new news from a market's point of view. So um, you know, I'd be fading these moves. You, you look at some of the real estate stocks that have been hit, and they're the things that would naturally be sold as interest rates go up, but markets price six months into the future, not the, not, not the now. Um, so in my view, you know, something like you know, real estate stocks have been sold off aggressively. Retailers are getting sold off aggressively. I think some of the um, non-discretionary retailers um, are worth a look at these levels. They've been sold off on in line with discretionary retailers. I think there's a, a difference in their earnings outlook. So, uh, And I think miners are, are obviously a, um, a key area in an inflationary environment. And I think we're you know, we're, we're positive on the commodity complex at the moment.
The other key theme in the market is uh, rising energy costs. I guess not just in the market, in the economy, right? How's this being reflected in the share market? Yeah, it is. I mean, coal stocks have done particularly well. Whitehaven Coal has gone from sort of $1.50 up to $5.50 over the past 12 months. So that is factoring in um, you know, higher prices. I think one of the things you've got to be, um, you know, and Woodside and Santos and all the traditional energy producers are doing particularly well on higher energy prices. I think one of the things from an investment standpoint you've got to consider is the potential for regulatory intervention coming in, particularly to, um, you know, coal markets. We've seen Origin um, come out and suggest that they um, are having issues uh, securing um, coal. When the coal prices are high, it incentivizes going into the, um, you know, for, for producers to go and sell um, into those high prices overseas. So that potentially could be an area of um, risk for those energy companies. I think overall, though, energy in the, the short, shorter term, so the next 12 to 18 months, remains strong because we've had uh, no new development. We're unlikely to get new development um, uh, given the you know, the backdrop of ESG and the like. So that tightens the market somewhat, and that's what we're seeing right across the energy complex. James Garish there from Shaw and Partners. This SBS on the Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. Content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.